thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. So, tomorrow, of course, is Monday the 21st of March, Human Rights Day, and uh, we raise all sorts of questions around our rights in South Africa, one of them being the right to education. But the question that Jackie Carroll is asking is, is our definition of the right to education outdated? And uh, the focus is on the idea of talk re- talking uh, adult education. On the line is Jackie Carroll, the uh, MD of Optima Workplace and the co-founder of MediaWorks, leading provider of adult education. And uh, Jackie wrote a piece which came out in IOL. So let's uh, chat to you. Jackie, thank you so much for joining us. Morning. Thank you for having me. So Jackie, the question is, is our definition of the right to education outdated? Talk to us about uh, what you were writing about. Sure. Thank you for the opportunity. Look, adult education has been my my lifelong passion. I have been involved in it for, I think it's 27 years now, going on 28. And it is a basic human right, the ability to read and write, to do basic numeracy in order to operate in your environment and be a responsible citizen. You do need the opportunity to be educated. But I think... And especially with the COVID pandemic, what's become more and more evident is that, particularly with education, there is also a right to digital education. And and education is not complete without that digital aspect. And that's really what my article was focusing on, to say that people need access to digital education in order to operate within the current, the current economy, the, the current society. And at the moment, that's lacking for a lot of families. So one of the things, obviously, is digital literacy. But uh, the massive limitation, and you raised this in your article, are the limitations of infrastructure and the cost of data. And I, I was interested to read some of the stats that you'd pulled from Stats SA around who has access to the Internet in the home. Give us some of those stats uh, as they are noted by Stats SA, but also as we see them per province. Okay, well, the highest access to, to infra, technical infrastructure and data is definitely within the Western Cape and Gauteng. Um, but thereafter, it becomes incredibly, incredibly limited. I mean, only 6% of households in certain areas have, absolute, have access to, to technology. So those people are at a massive disadvantage. Yeah, yeah. And how do we then look at that as something uh, that we can shift and change? Obviously, there are steps that need to be made. Uh, Our government needs to address this radically and quickly. We keep saying this. I feel it like a stuck record when I say this. But uh, how do you see this as shifting? Well, I agree with you. I really do think it's something that has to be addressed and more urgently and, but it's not something government can do on their own. It has to be a partnership with with the public sector, particularly with the data. The private sector. The, sorry, the private sector, I beg your pardon. Yeah. And particularly with the data companies. It's one thing to have all this all this available, but if you can't afford it, it's, you might as well not have it available. Mm. So our cost of data is ridiculously high. 
in this country in comparison to quite quite significant other countries and numbers of other countries. And I do think that government is trying to push to have the, the infrastructure put in in different communities, but I think they need to push a bit harder and the private sector needs to work to partner with that and try and make it more accessible and affordable. Jackie, one of the things that you're, you're suggesting here is the idea of a social compact. And we, it's, it's a term that has been used um, across the board and the idea of how do we start to look at social compacts, which is about the public sector and the private sector and government working together, but also the public sector, the private sector and uh, so civil society working together as well. Do you see this as something that you could get involved in in the work that you do? I really do think so, because so much of education is now also linked to being online. Yeah. For example, when we had the pandemic for the last two years, and so many children were denied access to school, because I mean, we all know we had lockdown and it wasn't safe, and these children have missed out. How do you catch that up? Yeah. You, you have to have smart ways to catch that up, and technology is a great enabler as well as a great leveler. So yeah. someone sitting in the most rural part of the country that doesn't particularly have access to good maths educators can now have access to good maths educators. They can, you can put in a program to help accelerate and catch up on things. So you do need that, that social agreement between the parties in order to make it available for other people, for, for people that have, that, well, we all need it, but there's some people that need it more in order to just catch up. You yeah. know, and just cope with the rest of the rest of everybody. So you know, uh, we, I we, think it's important. We talk about children uh, accessing, and we saw that in COVID, uh, accessing uh, the internet, accessing online education. But there's also the idea of adult education one. And then slightly differently to adult education is the idea of lifelong learning. And I wonder if you could tease those two ideas and areas apart. Okay, so adult education really, and that's really what we do at Optimum Workplace, particularly Media Works. We deal with adults who didn't complete school. Yeah. We pick up a lot of these people. And as a result of the pandemic, I am quite confident we're going to see a lot more. Yeah. That didn't have, for whatever reason, just didn't have the opportunity to finish. So the, you've got to obviously allow matric is your great enabler. If you don't have a matric, people have really limited opportunities, whether it's not just further schooling or education, high education opportunities, but a lot of jobs are saying that matric is your minimum requirement. So in order for that person to be a fully functioning and contributing member of the society and the economy, they need to be able to work and provide for their families and themselves and lead a, a decent life, as determined the definition of by the United Nations. Yeah. So that it's, some people only get to the opportunity to finish their matric in their 30s, in their 40s. Uh, and how we do that is we do it online. Yeah. We use a blended approach. So if you don't have the, the access to the technology, you're going to be left behind in that respect. And lifelong learning, really what we, and I'm talking about myself personally here, when I finished matric, which is um, a little bit more 
a little bit too many years than I care to remember ago, <laughs> the jobs that were available, the, the jobs that are in our society today weren't even thought of yeah. back in 1986. Really. I mean, these, my, my children are employed in jobs that it wasn't even an option. Nobody yeah. knew about it when I, was, when I was growing up. So you have to have lifelong learning. It's a continual, uh, up, it's a continual development and upgrading of yourself in order to cope with the demands of society in, in 30 years later. So again, that's something that we're very heavily involved with, but it's something again that you need technology to enable. Yeah. Jackie, we're going to unfortunately need to leave it there. Jackie Carroll's the MD of Optima Workplace and co-founder of MediaWorks, looking at the idea of education and uh, our right to education. And how do we look at that in the contemporary world, which uh, focuses on possibly a very different way of engaging with lifelong learning? Terence uh, asking about South Africa's data costs as compared to the rest of Africa, also saying that we're 20 years behind when it comes to optic cables and the speed of the Internet. Terence, just uh, out of interest, you may be interested to know that that um, research has placed South Africa at 136th out of 230 countries for data costs. Now, we pay around 38 grand 93 for just one gigabyte. And we have to say this does talk to a social compact with the private sector, the public sector, and civil society. It is time that we engaged, that uh, the private sector starts to say, how do you give data so that it is cheap? It needs to be cheap. Please, it needs to be cheap. It's 20 to 8.